Welcome to the Sleep Science Pod, the podcast that reveals the science behind one of the most fundamental, yet most mysterious of human behaviours, sleep. I'm Dr. Caroline Horton. I'm an academic psychologist and the director of Dreams Lab. I also really love sleep, so personally, as well as professionally, I know how important it is for our mental and physical health. Throughout this series, I'll be talking to guests about their common sleep complaints and offering evidence-based tips for getting that all-important shut-eye. Together, we'll evaluate the evidence that sleep improves all aspects of health and well-being, and whether it really is that ultimate panacea. Not only are some people more likely to remember their dreams than others, some people are also more likely to enjoy sharing their dreams than others. In today's programme, we're going to think about the recallability of dreams. Why do some people apparently dream every night and some people never at all? Do we really dream all the time? And crucially, does it matter? As we've seen before, the existence of dreaming relies entirely on memory for sleep experiences. In addition, when we're really tired, like when we've woken up in the middle of the night and want to get back to sleep, or when we haven't slept enough, we're not great at remembering things. What's more, the stage of sleep in which dreams are generated is a very different functional state to a waking one when we might want to retrieve that dream memory. This state shift makes it harder to carry over a memory from one state to another, from sleep to wake. You know that experience when you walk into a room and forget what you were going in there for. And then you backtrack, go back to the original location and the memory returns. That's likely the result of context dependency. You recall in the same context as you encoded. This doesn't bode well for remembering dreams. Dreams are often a bit vague in nature as well, perhaps because they were never clear in the first place, meaning there's not a strong memory trace to recall anyway. Dream memories can fade very quickly, and only in unusual circumstances are dreams memorable for more than 24 hours after occurring. Collectively, this makes dreams very hard to remember and even harder to study them. Sometimes we manage it, of course, usually when dreams are really memorable, and that means they're usually especially emotional, vivid or bizarre. Some people seem to remember their dreams all the time. Some of those people like to tell us about their dreams all the time, and some people not at all. So which kind of person are you? It's highly likely that we're dreaming the whole time that we're asleep, even though we can't remember many of those experiences. Yes, some stages of sleep make it easier to remember dreams than others, REM in particular, and stage three, deep sleep, being the hardest. But this might just be because REM dreams are later in the night, when we're more rested and able to recall things generally. They might also be more emotional and bizarre then, and consequently more memorable. Indeed, we know that emotions are activated and processed during REM more than non-REM stages, and also that the intense and seemingly disorganised brain activity of REM likely leads to bizarre amalgamations of memories. We might actually dream more, or at least more vividly during REM, it's hard to tell, but we might just be experiencing more emotion and more strange and bizarre uh, memories and experiences. Crucially, we don't know if any differences that might exist between the recallability of, of dreams from REM and other times are the result of whether we're dreaming or not, or whether we're remembering or not. 
So given all this, how come there are still some differences between people and their apparent dream recall ability? There have been some really interesting explorations of the kinds of behaviours and personality traits that are associated with dream recall. Females, more than males, tend to remember their dreams, though we're not too sure why. Young children are less great at dream recall, though that might just be due to their difficulties with articulating their experiences in general. Many children slightly older then experience a few highly emotional bad dreams or even nightmares for a phase, likely related to the processing and making sense of real-world problems. Teenagers and young adults likely remember dreams quite a bit, and indeed experiences from this part of life are later incorporated into dreams of older adults, over and above experiences from any other period of life, an effect we also see with waking autobiographical memories, known as the reminiscence bump. This reflects a time of life of great new beginnings and firsts, first loves, leaving home for the first time, maybe getting a job, going to university, going out and being adventurous, starting new chapters and taking exams. The brain is also ripe for processing and encoding those experiences at that particular age. So it's not surprising that this period of life is well represented in our memory banks, emerging when we're asleep over and above other experiences. Older adults dream less, likely because they're sleeping less. But on top of all that, there are still some people who are more likely to remember dreams than others. These people, repeated studies have shown, are typically open to new experiences, fantasy prone, and they might have strong imageability and creativity skills. In short, they are more dreamlike in waking as well as during sleep. Often people who are interested in dreams recall more too, even in experimental situations, not just ones where participants self-select to take part in research studies. This indicates that attention and effort in focusing on sleep experiences can pay off. Indeed, it's possible to train yourself to remember your dreams, and surprisingly easily too. Being the cynical scientist that I am, I collected some data a few years ago on these personality correlates of dreaming, and found that these traits associated with dream recall also led to a tendency to confabulate or to exaggerate details. So now, when I collect dream data, I've got to take extra care not to overly encourage people to report dream details by maybe asking probing questions about them, as sometimes people seem to add extras here and there, and that might not reflect dream, dream activity. I spoke to two dreamers to get an understanding of their dream recall patterns and to see how they related to their sleep. So firstly, I spoke to Dr. Alison Blanchard, who's a personality psychologist and also a colleague of mine, but we've never really talked about sleep. So hi, Alison. Hi, Caroline. <laughs> How often do you think you remember your dreams? Obviously, you're supposed to dream every night, aren't you? And I think um, uh, as far as, you know, if I wake up in the dream, um, then I'll remember them. I think if they're really odd dreams of, partic of no particular narrative or sense, you know, sometimes you just have those really bonkers dreams, really kind of um, fantastical and, you know, completely devoid of kind of any sense of reality. Those can stay with me because they're so odd. Um, but, um, you know, just, I think the dreams, I, I, yeah, the, the dreams that I have when I, when I've woken up I can remember those or if they've been I mean I can remember dreams from a 
from when I was a child, um, you know, really kind of dramatic, um, remember, you know, just, just, they were so kind of dramatic that I can remember them and that, that'll never leave me um, because they were so, it, it was such a shock having that type of dream. They were quite macabre dreams. And I think that was just part of being a child and growing up that you'd have that type of dream. Um, but generally nowadays, if I wake up, um in the middle of the dream i remember it or sometimes peculiarly or what seems peculiarly that a dream's kind of come to an end and then i've woken up and so i can remember the end of the dream um as if it's finished off um and, and yeah so how often do you think it might be that you wake up with a dream memory in mind is it daily weekly or less than that probably <clears throat> probably less than that uh, it's usually um it's more unusual can you think, can you maybe describe a recent dream? Would you mind doing that where, where you could sort of showcase the kind of things that you're dreaming of or, or how it might be unusual? Uh, it, it was just some kind of um, huge kind of sea and wave and blues and greens and maybe kind of being in that sea or just kind of seeing the sea and being really small compared to that. And I think my friend was there. Um, and that's all I can remember for it, but it was just from from it's just it, it's just quite a surreal dream. I mean that it's just the peculiarity of that particular environment. Do you have a particular attitude towards dreaming? I mean, would you say that you have a, a positive attitude towards dreaming, or are you quite indifferent, or do you think that dreams have absolutely no meaning? For example, it helps to explain things. Um, and I also, from the limited kind of knowledge I know of it, it's, you know, I, know, I can see, you know, it, it's helping the brain sort itself out. It's a valuable thing. So, um, I mean, I find them, you know, everybody finds their own dreams entertaining, don't they? Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think um, life wouldn't be as interesting if we didn't dream. Um, but, you know, I don't read anything, you know, I don't see it some kind of spiritual connection with the universe or anything like that. And I don't look for anything symbolic in it. So, I mean, I just don't think, you know, I mean, maybe I'm taking a very scientific approach, but I can't see how that can be. Um, you know, it's from an evolutionary perspective, it's, a, it's evolved, we have it for a reason. Um, you know, you see it in other animals. So, well, we're presuming we can see it in other animals. Um, so um, it performs a very valid um, and important function. So how would you describe your sleep? Oh, um, generally okay. Um, it depends. Um, recently it's been good. Um, I sleep all the way through, although I sometimes have to get up in the middle of the night. But um, yeah, generally it's fine. Um, my dog sleeps next to me. She sometimes can wake me up with a little bit of shuffling. Um, but yeah, generally, yeah, generally it's been good as of late. Oh, sometimes I've been, you know, it's that old waking up at four o'clock in the morning, thinking about a lot of things, not being able to go to sleep. So if that happens or if I do wake in the middle of the night, <coughs> I will listen to a podcast and just fall asleep again so that's really good for helping me drift back off you know it stops me thinking about whatever I'm kind of uh uh perseverating on so yeah that's what I use to help me go to sleep if I haven't um, been able to go back to sleep. So when you wake in the night do you think that's a, a worrying kind of state of mind uh, is it that you have difficulty switching off? Um, I think, I mean, it's that, I mean, I don't really obviously know that much about it, but it, you know, it's that thing that happens at 4am, 
and it does your mind does seem to latch on to something and then just go around in circles about it and so by listening to a podcast it just breaks me out of that um it's funny how that situation where you've been antagonizing over a particular situation you fall back asleep and then you wake up and then suddenly it's all right it was oh well, what on earth was i worrying about um turns out nothing um but at four o'clock in the morning it was um you know the, the the worst thing in the world ever um so yeah so so instead of kind of getting caught up in that i just put whatever podcast on and then i can relax and go back to sleep and it, it's really effective do you think those worrying thoughts wake you up because you've been thinking about them when you were asleep or do you think you wake and then you start thinking about whatever it is that's on your mind so I think more often than not it's just um symptomatic of waking up at 4am then you start thinking about stuff but certainly the day before if there's been some ongoing stress then that that will be the thing that I'm thinking of when I wake up. So um, it feels different because I think your body's, if you're, if something's happened the day before that's been stressful and taken out on you kind of physically, then that I think does contribute to you waking up. Um, but if, it, if everything's been all right the day before and you just happen to wake up at four o'clock, then that's, you just cling on to the first thing that floats through your head, whatever that might be. Do you think yeah. you ever dream about these uh, sort of current daily concerns and issues as well? Uh, yeah, um, I think I think generally that's been happening more recently, and I'm not sure why that is. But certainly, anxieties that I have about things that are going on my on in my life certainly crop up um, in my dreams. So, um, for example, I have uh, a, a kind of I don't really speak to my dad and he prop, crops up in my dreams and I'm shouting at him in my <coughs> shouting at him in my dream so that's a kind of ongoing uh, background anxiety I think or just kind of something that's going on in the background of my life and it emerges in my dreams um, you know just it, it's usually something anxiety led um, even it doesn't even matter how small it is um, recently I've been having uh, a, a funny situation with uh, well not a neighbor but I've parked my car outside their house and they're trying to rent well, no, it's not even their house they're renovating it and they left a note on the car and then this is kind of cropped up in a dream later where somebody's left a note and it's aggravating me so even on something as, as um, minor as that uh, you know can can turn up um, in my dream and then certainly I've had dreams, my, my dog passed away last year and she crops up in my dreams every now and again, uh, which is a fairly peculiar experience. Um, so I think those underlying anxieties, how big or however small they certainly arise in my dreams in one form or another. And if you wake up after remembering one of these dreams where you recognise an anxiety, do you think you feel differently afterwards for having had that dream i mean do you think it reminds you of these anxieties or do you think you might feel like you've worked through them at all if you've dreamt about them i think sometimes it can be a catharsis definitely it kind of, i've definitely felt up and i've woken up and felt um something's been exercised in the process um sometimes i think uh it it doesn't, in fact, they don't affect, it, 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 they don't negatively affect me 
like they used to. I mean, years ago. I mean, I feel that over the years, my relationship with dreams or how dreams are affecting me um, has changed. I, I don't really know why that is. I don't know whether or not things are either, you know, just the status of my life, whether or not my life has calmed down or whatever. And now they're not so, um, you know, they don't resonate or affect me so strongly the next day. Um, you know, you can have really profound dreams that can really stay with you, but I haven't had any of those of late. So, um, you know, sometimes the dream, I mean, it's funny, you think, you, you think sometimes, even though it's not the case, not that the dream is trying to tell you something, but it, I just acknowledge, it helps me to acknowledge something that's going on in my life. It kind of explains it, but it's not saying, oh, well, this dream symbolizes anything. It's just a kind of reminder of maybe a form of processing an emotion or an anxiety or something like that it kind of makes you know it makes sense it's like oh that's come up in my dream and you know that that's explained by x y and z and i can certainly see um you know things you know i can i can make sense of my dreams in terms of what's happened um uh, and emotionally or whatever you know some dreams can be incredibly uh, anodyne and of no consequence so it just they kind of just make sense to me um and that i guess i can help in understanding something Thank you very much, Alison, for talking to us. That was really interesting. Thank you. It was good fun. Alison spoke of processing her emotions, how current concerns sometimes disrupted her sleep, but also how the sleep seemed to keep things in perspective. She spoke of dreams very functionally. Next, I spoke to another colleague, Tom, to see if there was an alternative approach to making sense of dream life and how that attitude towards dreaming might even affect what we remember. So hi there, Tom. Hi, Caroline. How do you sleep? I sleep I, invariably, I have to admit. So, you know, I, I think I'll probably go through phases, usually um, sequences, I would say, of good sleep, followed by sequences of perhaps not so good sleep. Um, I would say I'm definitely an eight hour a night person. Um, if I don't get the eight hours, I'm pretty grumpy. Usually putting the shoes on the wrong foot, that kind of thing, knocking my head on the kitchen cupboard. Um, so yeah, I, I need sleep, but generally pretty good. I think I've got a relatively good sleep um, hygiene. Sleep is a, or the psychology of sleep, it, it has a compounding effect where you know, if, I, if I'm not getting any, or if I wake up or I've had some bad sleep or I've got something on, um, then, you know, I think that kind of worry about the impact that a lack of sleep is going to have on the event itself, you know, translates to this kind of cyclical, um, you know, perhaps a negative effect on on trying to get back to sleep. So, you know, it's it's... It's that frustration of wanting to get back to sleep so badly because you need it that, that it actually is the thing that's stopping you get, getting back to sleep. Tom, do you remember your dreams? Yeah, I do. Uh, you, you, funny enough, I've, I've had some fairly inter interesting dreams recently, but um, I always find the interesting dreams come when I have those periods of you know, wakefulness throughout the night, but then have the opportunity to sleep again um, you know, so maybe waking up at, you know, 3.30, 4 a.m., but then going back to sleep at 5 a.m. Or, or quarter past five or half, something like that, and waking up at, you know, a normal time at 8.30. That period between, you know, five and eight, 
are just the, the most bonkers dreams and they're the ones that I just seem to uh, seem to stick with me but um but but generally yeah I mean I, I guess I remember my dreams I remember the ones that I remember at least um which makes sense but I'm sure I have lots of dreams that I don't recall um but yeah I do have there is some recall for dreams there for sure it's interesting that you can pinpoint the patterns that predict dream recall so if you may be waking up during a sleep cycle um if you haven't had sufficient sleep in the night then it, it makes sense that you'll just remember whatever's on your mind at the time can you give an example of one of your bonkers dreams some bonkers dreams oh, I, yeah i mean i do like i do remember them but um usually only the day after to be honest that, that's typical um I mean, there was a, a time when I had a recurring dream of um, a survival dream, but I, I did notice this tended to happen during winter months, um, uh, which I don't know if it's related to survival and you know the uh, changing and weather and, and all of those things. But it was a dream where I don't think I was involved in the in the plane crash, but there was a crashing of a plane, and then I would have to survive. My dad would sometimes be in the dream as well. Um, and the survival usually took the form of chopping down trees and there was definitely a lot of concern about bears I do remember that in the dream as well so you know e everything that I would do in the dream survival related would, would somehow um, you know uh, be some some way of, of defending myself from the bears or surviving the bears or you know using the bear as some kind of um, you know I don't know device for survival somehow but so yeah it was chopping down trees building some kind of shelter was, was definitely pretty crucial to that dream and then finding food so sheltering food I mean I'm sure they're classic motivations for, for dreams. How would you describe your attitude to dreams and dreaming? Would you say you're indifferent or, or um, positive attitude to dreams? Oh, I, I'm intrigued for sure um, I don't know whether that kind of forces me to analyse them more than perhaps I should, but yeah, I, I generally just I generally have a, a positive attitude towards dreams. I enjoy them. I feel like they do more good than harm, and even the bad ones, you know, the nightmares, or whatever, or the extremely abstract, weird ones, I still feel like they have a place. You know, it's it fits somewhere, whether it's you know, repairing some, you know, neuronal, um, you know, damage or there's, you know, some, or the random firings or something, um, you know, in that, that or, or it's, it's helping me make sense, you know, semantically of some kind of meaning in my life or it's helping me, you know, in some way. So I don't try and analyse them too much, just sort of see them as they are, which are, you know, our dreams. Sometimes you, you do wake and have that kind of feeling of, um you know disturbance i guess from them but they are just dreams and i uh, from my experience i understand that dreams can go from make being completely coherent and positive to completely incoherent and, and negative and you know i think you know just observe them as as what they are and try not to look too much into them um, although i think it's easier to look into the positive ones than the negative ones for sure you know i do remember having a dream which was pretty pretty obvious now I think about it, but it was when I was offered my first lectureship. So um, I think it was the day or the day after I'd been you know, offered it. And the dream was I was getting into a lift 
and the lift was going up and up and up and it was getting faster and faster and the lift burst through the, the ceiling of the building um and that was that, that was reoccurring in that one instance um but since i told some of my colleagues particularly those of the the, the dream or um psychoanalytic persuasion they were very happy to uh, to um yeah uh, translate that dream for me as yeah uh, you know increasing responsibility um you know you've exceeded all expectations um all of that kind of stuff so um but yeah that was a good dream i mean that was you know tom many thanks for sharing your dreams today you're very welcome thank you It was interesting talking to Tom and Alison about their sleep and dreaming behaviours. Different people, different attitudes, not entirely different outcomes. Given that, it would make sense to consider whether it matters if we remember our dreams or not. If I recall nothing, is there no mental content during sleep? Conversely, if I remember everything, am I one of those confabulators perhaps who might just be making up the content without even realising it? Well, no. And no, we need to sleep to dream, and we can't repeat the message enough. Sleep is crucial for all aspects of our physical and mental health. So if we sleep, we are dreaming. If we remember our dreams, we have some evidence of that. As I've said before, if you never remember your dreams, it's worth reflecting on whether you're sleeping enough. It might be that you need to sleep a bit more to reach some sufficient bouts of REM to generate some memorable dreams. But it doesn't seem that people who remember their dreams are vastly benefiting compared to those who don't. One study exploring emotional processing, namely one by Rosalind Cartwright in America who charted the dreams of divorcees, found that those who dreamt of their experiences seemed to cope better with the divorce journey than those who didn't dream of the experience. But that might be correlational rather than causal in that the better copers happened to dream of their experiences as they were processing them, rather than the dreams causing better coping strategies. We can't control our dream content much anyway, so we mustn't worry about it. We can, however, ensure that we sleep well, and we should all be doing that. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Sleep Science Pod. I hope you found it helpful. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate and review. You can find me on Twitter at Sleep and Memory. And until the next episode, sleep well. <laughs>